In Galatians 5 and 22. You guys can follow me on some scriptures this morning. I don't know that there's going to be a whole lot, but 5 and 22. And, and remember, before you get to 5 and 22, you got the contrast that he laid what the works of the flesh is. And so we know that this fruit is what he has. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Until we get through these elements that God has given us to study out and to look at, you're going to hear this scripture every Sunday. So by the time we get done, you probably can be able to quote it. Amen? And you'll know what they are. Yeah. It's easy to get to the place to say, well, yeah, there's nine fruits of the Spirit. Well, that's not true. It's not fruits. It's one fruit with nine elements from one tree. That's exactly right. And you don't have peace and not have love. They are intertwined together. One spirit. That's where it comes from. It comes from the Holy Ghost. So we've done hashed that out. We've done worked in and got that in us. So don't say, well, you know what? I, I've got patience. I've got long suffering. I've got kindness. But you know, I won't necessarily have the love. Friend, you don't have none of it unless you have all of it. It's one fruit. They are intertwined together. You cannot have joy, which is what we're looking at this week, without first having love, which we looked at last week. And you cannot have love, which we looked at last week, unless, of course, joy is there too. Amen? So they're intertwined together. So this is God taking us to a place that he's working in us and showing us these things. But we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit, and the one particular element called joy this week. It's number two on the list of how God listed it. So let's look and see what joy is. It says, a very glad feeling, such as great pleasure or delight. Other words that we might put with them, or synonyms, I guess you could call them, are happiness, cheerfulness, gladness, delight, lightheartedness, gratefulness. Let's experience some joy right now. You got something this week you can be grateful for? Absolutely. You woke up this morning, you're breathing, and you made it to church. The devil didn't want you getting here. He didn't want you getting here. You have a lot to be joyful for. Well. Now, I remember one time on a Sunday night about, oh, eight or nine years ago, and she's liable to get started, who knows? The Spirit of God came down in this place. You remember that? It's well, been a couple times, but I remember one specifically. I had to get up at 3 o'clock the next morning and go to work, and church went really long that night because Brother Murphy preached, and, you know, we were worshiping, and then the Spirit got to moving, and it was late before we left. But I remember that young lady right there getting the giggles. Everybody else, the Spirit was doing what he wanted to do. But that was a prime example of joy. She had the giggles, and the giggles started catching. And then I got the giggles. Didn't know what I was giggling about just when you thought it was gone. It was like it would just fire right back up again, and she'd start giggling again, and we went on like this for a long time. I remember that like it was yesterday. 
See, the joy of the Lord is our strength. <laughs> and if you got to get the giggles, you go right ahead and get the giggles. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking funny or something. But it's all right. We're going to give God the glory if that's what it takes. Amen? And so gratefulness is also a part of that joy. Amen? If you're grateful for something, aren't you filled with joy? Amen. We are filled with joy when we're grateful. And true joy expresses itself in many different ways. It's actually better to be experienced than it is to be told about. Does that make sense? Because when somebody's got joy, it don't help but to spread. You can see it. You can know it. You know that that joy sits in them. But it comes out in a lot of different ways. A small percentage of people in this world are truly happy. Did you know that? Listening to them, you see the focus of gloom and doom. Ain't that right? Sit down in a room, write on a piece of paper with one hand and write on another piece of paper with the other hand if you're ambidextrous and list all the joyful things you hear about or see about or know about that you watching others, and list down all the negative stuff, all the bad stuff, all the doom and gloom stuff. See which list is bigger at the end of a day. Keep that up with yourself. Do that with yourself. Say, hey, man, am I complaining today? Am I talking gloom and doom today, or do I have this joy? Because you see, when the Spirit comes in you, He will bear fruit if we let Him. That's the big if. If we let him, he will bear fruit. And so we see people going through all kinds of things. And their attitudes range from anywhere from pensive soberness to suicidal despair. We read uh, the, something this week, a pastor in California from a large church killed himself. Friends, can I tell you, you can call me any time of day or night if you want to. I don't have what you need, but I can lead you to the one who does, and that doesn't have to be the answer. But that's the range that we see happening in our society today. And it's happening with the world, and it's happening with the church. And whenever the Spirit of God is coming out of us, we shouldn't be seeing those kinds of things. If the Spirit of God is coming out of us, we should be able to identify. You know, if it's to save someone's life and we see that something's going on, why should we keep our mouths quiet? Why should we not say nothing? Why should we not go to them, call them, do something to try to help them out of that place? Because you know the devil wants them dead. He wants to put, give God a black eye. He wants all these things to happen, but if we're filled with the Spirit, he sees and knows and he'll take us somewhere so that if somebody has been robbed of their joy, that they can have it back. Amen? That's not the answer. That is not the answer, but we see that happening all the time. And people think, I've got nowhere else to turn. Now, friends, this is an indictment on the church in a way. This is an indictment on me as a pastor. And it's an indictment on you as a believer. When somebody is dealing with something, why is it that they didn't feel they could talk to us? Now that's something to ask. I know that's a little heavy, isn't it? But you know God's not willing that any should perish. 
that all would come to repentance, that all can receive the Spirit, that all can receive His joy. That's what He wants. And so that's something that we need to be praying about in our own homes, with our friends, with our families, inside of our church. To anybody that's out there, these are things that we need to be seeking God for. You see, positive thinking has its virtues. But it becomes fanaticism when we ignore reality. There are a lot of positive speakers in this world today. There are a lot of pastors or preachers that are on TV. You can, and they also write books. They like write one a month. I, how are they doing what they're doing? How can you send out like, write like five books a year? How do you do that? Who has that kind of time? Can you explain it to me? Do you understand what I'm talking about? But it's all puffed up, feel good. Everybody needs to feel good. We need to go to the place that we feel good. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we have joy in the Spirit of God, the joy that He gives. I wish I had the time to write five books a year. I could buy Paraguay. Because <laughs> I mean, we see people going in the stores all the time. They're getting, they're getting the self-help books. They like reading them. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to take away from it. But my thing is, is whenever we have all this stuff that's going on, it's fanaticism when we just think about positive thinking because there are some realities in this world that we cannot ignore. Facts must be faced. And they're not always happy facts. Wars, fragile economy, unemployment, poverty, these are certainly not things that are conducive to the cheerfulness or cheerful attitude. Ill health and tragedy bring thousands to grief and frustration every day. And we feel these things. We see these things. And people put great effort to forget their fears by drowning them or drugging them. Those sorrows that they have, they feel that's the way to deal with it. They will blot out these kinds of things that they face with laughter and fun and comedy. You know, I, I went to school with a boy and he was the class clown. He was the class comedian. The guy can make you laugh. But he had an awful home life. It's what he had to put on. It's what came out of him that he felt he needed to put on for people. But he was miserable. He was miserable in his spirit. He was miserable in his life, the things that he had to face at home. But that's how he dealt with it. We say, well, there's nothing wrong with that. But the only problem is, is it's not something that's lasting. The only things that is lasting that helps us comes from the Spirit of God. It's not the stuff that we manufacture. It's not a performance to put on in front of people. Don't come to church dressed up looking great and feeling down and feeling like you can't share with no one. Because that's where we get lifted up. Do you find that? That's when truth can come in. That's when we can start praying for one another, for the needs that we have, praying how God leads us. Amen? We can face all kinds of stuff. Most of these people will get an arrogant attitude. Most of the time they'll get angry. And it usually just draws everybody in around them and just drags them down when they're there too. You see, that didn't come from the Spirit of God. Well, he's a funny guy. You remember this guy by the name of Robin Williams, right? Made everybody laugh, made millions of dollars doing it. 
was with Jesus. But one day, he wasn't walking with Jesus. I don't know. I can't say. He had all these things, but he was wanting more. And that's what drug him down. Stuff. How people thought about him. How people felt about him. Friends, you're going to walk through this life, and there's going to be some people that think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, and there's going to be some other people that just don't like you because of how you look, how you walk, how you talk. Your joy is not in that. If you place your joy there, you will get let down. You will take a slap in the face. You will get disappointed by the guy that you thought was this, but now he ain't. You will face these things. Our joy is in the Lord. And most of these people will head down these paths and they find themselves alone. They wake up tomorrow feeling the same pain that they doled with the bottle or with a pill or with a needle or whatever to get through today. You see, we are to give off this joy. And see, it's not God's will that we go through this life with only a superficial happiness. He has provided for us and he has the provision for us. In Luke 2 and 10, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. All people. For, this is born, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Friend, that's where the joy comes from. The joy comes from Jesus. Now, I went through this life before I knew Jesus. I'll just give you my story. You got your own. And I thought I was happy. I did things that I felt like I was happy-go-lucky. There have been times I've been like, well, man, do I want to go back there? When I was first saved, you know, it's like, whoa. But I don't want to go back there because he has given me joy unspeakable and full of glory. He has given me joy. And my joy is not found in people and stuff. My joy is found in Jesus. Your joy is found in Jesus. Whenever all else fails, remember, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He is the joy that we get our joy from. And we got to hold on to him. We've got to look to him. We can go to all the doctors we want. We can medicate all we want, but you're not going to get the cure until Jesus is allowed to come in and give it. Okay? Not trying to knock anybody for whatever your profession may be or whatever, but Jesus can do way more than we can do in just a second. He can just in a second, he can, he can fill you with joy. He can take you to the place that you need to be. And we're going to read that scripture at Christmas time. It's one that the world gets to hear all the time. They watch the Christmas shows. You go to Hallmark, you're going to hear something about this. You're going to hear about Jesus. You see, 2,000 years later, the only true and lasting joy in this world is in the hearts of those that know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Do you got joy? Let me see some smiles this morning. Bear them pearly whites. Oh, I love it, Brother Willie. That was a good one. We got joy because of Jesus this morning. And yeah, there's junk going on in the world. I'm dealing with junk in the world. You know, you're dealing with some junk, but at the end of the day, I got joy because my joy's in Jesus. Your joy should be in Jesus. Circumstances are going to happen. Sometimes God allows them to come. 
because he's taking us somewhere. Sometimes they come on us because we invite them in. Because we don't do the word. God says, okay, here you go. And we should be joyful for that, right? Because he loves those whom he chastises. So if we're getting a spanking from God, that's a good thing. But our joy is found in Jesus. Joy. Proverbs 15 and 21 says, Folly is joy to him who is destitute of discernment. What that says is people that act crazy and do all this folly stuff, they seem like they have joy, but that's the only place that they find the joy when they don't have the wisdom of God. Do you understand what that says? They're destitute of discernment. They can't understand the word. They can't understand what the Spirit's trying to tell them, where he's trying to leave them, and they find joy in other things. Listen to this. But a man of understanding walks uprightly. Now, how do we walk uprightly? Do you all remember what we've learned the last two weeks? Let me hear somebody beller it out. You can walk in holiness, by the way. There are people that tell you you can't. You can if the Spirit has control. And that's where uprightness comes from. We listen to him and not to the flesh. The flesh wants to take you down. The flesh is in cahoots with the devil. The Spirit wants to lift you up, and he's in cahoots with Jesus, with God. He is God. Amen? And it's pretty simple, isn't it? We, we looked at it last week looking at love, right? If the Spirit gets his way, the Ten Commandments don't get broken, and hell, holiness living happens. Well, that can't happen. Says who? Because the Bible says different. I know that's hard to wrap your mind around. I know that's hard to wrap your mind around, maybe from the background you come from, from teaching. But let the Word do the work. Don't run the Word through the filters that somebody gave you. Let the Word work. Let the Spirit work. He will teach us all that we need to know. He'll let us be able to see. He'll let us have that discernment. You want to know the Word? Let the Spirit do the leading. Amen? Now, I prayed this morning before I came to church, and I prayed again before I got up here to preach. Holy Ghost, have your way. I am your servant. You do the work. Give me the words. Don't let me speak if I'm not going to say what you want to say. Because these people sitting here, they need to hear from you, not from Ken. That is my prayer every Sunday. Hear from God. Hear what God has to give. You see, when the, when the Spirit indwells the, the heart, joy is simply there because he will bear this fruit where he is. It will come out. His workings are only limited by the measure of the individual's cooperation. Here's some, here's some killjoys, so to speak. Number one is pressures. Anybody got any pressure on them right now? Huh? Okay, some, of, some people do. Praise God, if you don't, you don't have to walk there. Pressures. These are the things that demand immediate attention. A lot of times it's self-imposed. Amen? You can come and get fed this morning, have a, have a morning with God, or you can be off doing something else that you have imposed upon yourself. Amen? Sometimes God takes you to the place you can get there. Those are a lot of the pressures that we have. Sometimes 
We don't like the idea of tasks that people give us to give. We got a dread sitting there. And sometimes that's pressure. I used to have that, by the way. Can I share that with you? I used to worry myself to death what each and every one of y'all thought about me and how I was doing as a pastor. Now, please don't take this the wrong way. I love every one of you. And if we've had a, we've had a falling out at some point in life, I, I want us to make it up because you know what? I know it can happen. But I don't worry about those things anymore. I, I sleep pretty good now, don't I, sweetie? There at one time for a couple of years, I wasn't sleeping good at all. Eating myself to death. You know how you can fall into stuff. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Yeah. Yeah, you start, you start medicating in whatever way you need to. And all that is, it's, just, it, it's something that's self-imposed. It, 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 it's something that we bring upon ourselves. You know, another thing that would kill our joy is borrowing trouble. Worrying about, check this one out. How many of you have walked on this road? Worrying about something that could happen. Uh-huh. Yeah, we all can raise our hands on that one. Yeah, this could happen. Absolutely it could. Why are you worrying about it? <laughs> huh? Why do we worry about it? And then we get ourselves locked into this place now that we start jumping to conclusions. We start fixing problems before in our own way and sometimes we'll try to apply a little bit of Bible to it to make us feel better about it, but we don't follow the whole counsel of God. Jesus said this, what did he say? Don't worry about tomorrow because it has what? It's own trouble. Hey, guess what, folks? You're going to get up tomorrow morning. It's Labor Day. You don't have to go to work. You're going to cook out. Maybe you're going to go fishing. Who knows what you're going to do. Maybe you're going to travel somewhere. But let me tell you something. This is what Jesus said. It's going to have some trouble. So don't even worry about it. Hang on to him. He knows the way to get around the trouble. He knows how to get through it. And therefore, joy comes, right? This that could happen doesn't rob us of our joy. Sometimes we borrow trouble. Sometimes we want to have that kind of trouble. Sometimes we walk in unthankfulness, dwelling on our endless wants, wanting to fill up our flesh, never appreciating what our daily blessings are. Oh, wake up every morning and look around you. Wake up every morning and read the Word. Wake up every morning talking to God and start looking about the blessings, the daily load of blessings that we have. Start identifying them. Start looking at them. Start appreciating them. See, there's a lot of things that we get to with the place we can start taking things for granted. Do you take for granted coming to church? Danny, do you take for granted of leading praise and worship? Randy, do you take for granted your, your job as a Sunday school teacher? It can happen. Look at the blessings. Look at the blessings that God has, and we can then be thankful. Because you see, thankfulness and joy, they go hand in hand. Amen? See, we miss joy by allowing really meaningful things to become meaningless and commonplace to us. We often kill joy rather than giving it its right to live. It wants to live. The Holy Ghost wants to live. He will bear fruit, and a part of that fruit is joy. Why do we want to kill it? We should allow it to live. Many times we try to recreate our own source of joy 
rather than letting the Holy Ghost do His job, do what He wants to do and bear the fruit inside of us. We try to come up with our own things. Romans 15 and 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to abound in hope by the power of the Spirit. There ain't nothing you're going to face today, tomorrow, the next day if we live that he doesn't know how to get through it and see us through it. That we can have the discerning eyes that he gives to us. The stuff won't drag us down. We hold on to him. That's what he wants to do. That's what the scripture just said. Hope. Do we have hope? You see, the day a person receives salvation, there is peace with God through Jesus Christ. We bring him in. We invite him in. And friends, this is where the joy comes from. The war is over. He won it at Calvary. Whenever we said, Jesus, come into my heart, we just now stepped into a place of victory. The world can't take it down. Tries to drag us down. Tries to take us to places that we don't need to go. And see, you know what? Knowing that hell is not going to be my permanent home, I don't recognize much can happen in this life that's going to rob me of joy. I deserve to go to hell. I've shared some of my testimony with you all from this pulpit. Maybe you don't look at me the same anymore, but see, it's not my story anymore. It's not his story. It shows what his power is. I ain't that guy no more. You ain't that guy or gal no more. No, Jesus comes in and he starts producing joy in our lives. And now that I know, you know, I want to stick around and see what happens with my babies if time lasts. But if I get die before I get done here today, please don't cry. Throw a party. He, he made it. He made it. And I take joy in that. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes you can get down to a place, you've got to go exactly right there. Put it in perspective. Heaven or hell. And it'll ignite that fire of the Spirit again, and joy will start coming. Joy will start filling us. Linda, you facing things, lady. Keep your joy. Look at that smile that woman has. That is the Holy Ghost giving joy. Don't know what tomorrow is, but I know where I'm headed. Whether it's tomorrow, five years from now, 50 years from now, you live to be 50, you're going to be in the newspapers. But it's for him and it's his joy. That's what he puts in us. What an example that is for us. Oh, Lord, that we can just hang on to him that we can hang on to him. Nehemiah 8 and 10 says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Isaiah 30 and 15, In quietness and confidence shall you be strengthened. You see, sometimes, yes, we are giggling. Yes, we are running the aisles. Yes, we are very happy. We're feeling the Spirit flowing. But sometimes, he says, it's in your quietness too. You've got to have your quiet time with God. Don't let that go away. Don't let that go away. We have to have that quietness. In Isaiah 40 and 31, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be worried. They shall walk and not faint. You see, whenever we're holding on to Him, that's a scripture for you and me. Wait on Him. I mean, there's some things that need some tending to and looking to, but sometimes we need to be waiting on God and saying, all right, Lord, what are you wanting to do? He might need a few weeks or maybe even a few years. to get the bread ready to go into the oven, if you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes we can act out of turn. So we can wait on him. Sometimes he's getting me ready. 
Sometimes he's getting you ready. And if we wait on him and we let him do what he's going to do, then we can go through this and not faint. And that's where the joy comes from. Most people review happiness as having and getting and being served. But look at what Jesus said. I mean, this is a selfish world we have, right? You realize most friendships happening in this world wouldn't be happening if you couldn't do something for me. That's the world. Shouldn't be in the church. I hope it's not in the church because if the Spirit's in us, it won't. But look at what Jesus said in Luke 22 and 27. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he, not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as one who serves. I'm among you as one. He's the example for us. See, many find joy in things because they think that's what makes happiness. They think that's where joy comes from. But then you see them fall off. You know why? Because things loses its, it tears up, it breaks. It gets taken away. And then the joy is gone. And that's what he is showing us now. He's showing us that we don't need to do this. But what about eternal life? I just told you, we should have eternal life. We should know where it comes from. Jesus is the only place that eternal life comes from. There ain't many ways to heaven. There's only one way. It's through Jesus Christ. Don't listen to anybody else that tells you any other thing. It's only through Jesus Christ that we can get to heaven. It's only through Jesus Christ that we can be reconciled with God. It's only through Him that we have eternal life. Eternal life. Do you understand? Eternal life. We live forever in the presence of God. Why would we not have joy? Why would we not have joy? Why should we live in fear of death when we have eternal life? Doesn't it seem that we prefer life in this world over eternal life in the presence of God sometimes? Since eternal life is great, is a great matter of joy, it's a great part of joy in our hearts, why do we not seek to multiply this joy by not inviting other people to know who Jesus is? That's where the joy comes from. In Luke and 10, 15 and 10, it says, Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now, folks, I don't want to take this wrong, please. Somebody stand up and testify, we say. And we always hear, and it's a good, don't take me wrong, these are good testimonies. God touched me and healed me. God provided a job for me. God did this, God did that. He did this for me. He did this for my family. He did this for my brother. He did this for this person and that person. We have all those there. I don't know how many times, and it ain't been many, but since I've been, actually since I've been coming to church, since I got saved, that I hear the testimony of, hey, my brother Bob got saved. Well, I did it again, Bob, I'm sorry. <laughs> I always picked on Bob because we didn't have a Bob. Now we got a Bob. Or my cousin, Fred, or whoever, they got saved. I got to lead them there. Jesus was working. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Those are the things that we need to be seeking. These people need Jesus, amen? Don't the world need Jesus? The problems we're seeing in this world, if Jesus was there, they'd be gone. Because hearts will change. We don't want some people to walk through that door. That should not be us. They are welcome to come in, but we're going to preach truth. And one of two things is going to happen when truth comes at them. We're not going to do it mean. 
Okay. Adam and Steve, come on in the door. Can I get an amen? But we're going to teach you that what you're living is called sin. And when you repent, you don't live that way no more. And we're still going to keep teaching it. Here's the thing that's going to happen. They're either going to get mad at it and run away. And that what happens most of the time. Nobody wants to hear truth, and therefore they run from it. Amen? Truth will set you free. But we're just going to keep teaching it. Adam and Steve, you're not going to be on the praise and worship team. Because this praise and worship team represents Christ. They're leading us to a place. There's a higher level, a higher standard that's set. Can I get an amen on that? But in the meantime, are you guys perfect? Have you got there yet? Have you let the Holy Spirit have total control of your life yet? Say no. You ain't got there yet. Because that's why we're getting this. Pastor's doing the same thing. You understand what I'm talking about? Pastor's doing the same thing. This study is for me foremost. But I know this is where God is leading us as a group of people. Amen? But we're going to teach truth. And you know what? Sometimes that truth is going to make a difference in a life. They're going to be changed. Can I get a witness tonight? Somebody, you know what? Everybody in here, you saved, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You see, the greatest commandment was what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. On these two hang all the law and the prophets. You want to know what the Bible says? That's it. In a nutshell, that's it. We learned that last week with love. That is what the Holy Spirit's going to give. That's the only fruit that he's going to bear. He's not going to bear anything else that gets born out of us. It didn't come from him. You see, Jesus went to the cross to give himself for us. No greater love has a man than to lay down his life for his friends. Jesus laid down his life for us. He went to the cross and paid the price that we couldn't. He already knew there was no other way. He had to do it, and yet that's what he did. He gave of himself. You see, we have this mindset in this world, what can you do for me? We can be friends as long as I get something from you. Now, I'll come and eat supper with every one of you, not today, because I can't eat that much. If you'll invite me. If I can, would you go and eat with anybody in here in this church? Because see, when love is there, that's what's going to be produced. When the Spirit of God is there, that's what He's going to produce. And so sometimes we have to do a little giving. But we've got to be like Jesus. We've freely received, now freely we have to give. We have to give some forgiveness. We have to give a little bit of understanding. We have to understand maybe this person is not as strong in the word as I've gotten to be. Or that this one's gotten to be. You know what? When you get strong in the word, you see that. When you're weak in the word, when you're weak in the spirit, you don't see that. You lash out. That's what happens. If you see somebody lashing out, have compassion. How many of y'all went to Jesus when he first knocked on your door? I mean, think about it. I was on my last chance. I really believe, in, believe I was on the very last prayer that my mom or somebody prayed. 
I felt it so, the urgency was so strong. You better take care of it and you better do it now. So I ain't knocking again. You see, he gives us that space. He gave of himself and he gives us that space. I'm going to tell you a little story real quick and then I'm done. You see, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And you want to have some joy? Do that. There was this guy one time riding, and man, he was riding a fine car. Fine car. Everybody in the world would want one. It didn't make but so many. Pulled into this place, and this little boy, about eight or nine years old, got out, and he's like, boy, that is a fine car. And the man said, yes, it sure is. And the little boy said, how much did that thing cost? He said, son, I don't know, but it's one of the most expensive cars in the world. He said, man, that is nice. How did you get it? He said, well, my brother gave it to me. The little boy sitting there shaking his head. And the man said, I know, you wish you had a brother like that. He said, no, sir, I wish I could be a brother like that. See the difference? That's where the Spirit of God comes in, that we have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Jesus said that he would give us his joy. He would give us his peace. Now, Randy, there's the keys to my truck. You want them? That's the keys to my truck, friend. But if you don't ever take that from me, you'll never be able to give it away to someone else. Oh, I've got Jesus. I've been saved. You're going to have some joy. You're going to have love and you're going to have joy. Those are the first two we've looked at. They are running together. And you can't give it unless you have it. Sometimes we sit and say, well, I choose not to. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's your excuse to you that's fooling you. Am I right, Brother Murphy? That's your excuse that's fooling you because if the Holy Ghost has got control, he certainly will say, I forgive you. Yesterday's gone. Let's move on from today forward. You see what I'm talking about? That's right. And, you can add, and by the way, it doesn't have to be this long process that all these psychologists and people tell you about. Let me ask you something. How long did it take for salvation to happen? What does Matthew say? With God, all things are possible. It can happen right now. The only reason it doesn't is because the Spirit ain't been able to have his control. Flesh is still saying, oh, no, I don't have to forgive them. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. If you got Jesus in you, oh, if you got Jesus in you, that's the only thing that's coming out of you. That is the only thing coming out of you. If it ain't coming out of you, you're still breathing because of his grace and his mercy. Because that's another one of the ones of the fruits of the Spirit we're going to look at. Fruits. I did it. I did what I said not to do. That's another one of the elements of the fruit of the Spirit, which is called long-suffering. It's patience. Amen? They tie together. They tie together, and we got such joy in Jesus. Stand to your feet this morning. You got a song, brother? Stand to your feet this morning because you know what? We got so much joy in our lives. James said, brethren, count it all joy. 
of all the divers' temptations, of everything that's coming our way, count it all joy. Jesus said, if the world hated hates you, remember it hated me first. You hang on to me. You walk with me. And whenever we have that, joy is what will come out of our lives. Doesn't mean we're not going to cry, but we will have joy. Something happens to my wife or children, I know I'm going to bawl like a baby because I'm going to miss them. But I'm dependent and counting on the power of God, the love of God to get me through it. Got to lean on Him. Got to lean on Him and trust Him. Amen. I want to challenge you this morning. Friends, if there's something in your life that is robbing your joy, I mean, you walk around looking like you've been chewing on lemons for years maybe. I don't know. Let the Holy Ghost do His work. Because you can walk out of this church today with joy and a pep in your step. Amen? You can do that today because with Him all things are possible. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've had, but I'm following the leading of the Spirit and He is wanting to work in somebody's life. Maybe everybody sitting here today, He's wanting to work so that this joy will come back in. So that this stuff the devil tries to lead us down and all these burdens and baggage that He likes to put on us that tries to rob us of our joy. And Jesus said, let me take care of it. I did it already. Victory is mine. Don't we sing a song like that? Why is victory mine? Because I hang on to Jesus. Come forward this morning.